good business. Good to be here. Good to see everybody's energized and ready to learn and dig into the Word of God tonight. And Hallelujah. it's always good to be in God's house, in God's presence with, with God's people. Amen. And so I'm, I'm thankful that we have this opportunity to be here tonight. Because there's a lot of people around this around the world who don't have this freedom. And if they do come together, they they just got to do it risking their life. And uh, we we have to continually hope and pray that it never gets that way here. But if it does, we got to keep serving God. Amen. And we got to keep pushing through and we just got to trust in God and because when it's all over with, we win. Amen. No matter how yes, we, no matter what our end of days looks like, we win in the end. As long as you are a child of God, Amen. and your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If it's not, it's going to be trouble. Going to be trouble. Yeah. Yes, going to be trouble. But God, we serve a big God. We serve an awesome God. We serve a mighty God. And so we're going to pray. We're going to move into praise and worship. We'll pray for Judy. I haven't heard no. How's she doing? Uh, they're back home. She's in a lot of pain. They're home. She's in pain. So neither one of them will be here tonight. But we can carry on. Amen. And the work of God doesn't stop just because Pastor John's not here. We have to keep moving forward. Amen. So, so let's pray, and then we'll move right into praise and worship, and we'll praise the Lord. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all your blessings, Lord God. We just ask that you be with our sister, Lord God. Heal her through this times of pain and troubles, Lord God, that they're going through. Keep our pastor and, and Sister Judy lifted up, Lord God. Bless them. Give them peace. But, but take the pain, Lord God, in your hands. Take it away from her. But right here tonight, Lord, we're here to serve you. We're here to worship you. We're here to, to praise you, Lord God. And we just ask that you just meet us here in Jesus' name. Meet us here. Send your Holy Spirit here to minister to each and every one of us here tonight. You know the needs in, in all of our hearts and all of our lives. You know the needs in all of our families and our loved ones, Lord God. We just ask that you take control of each and every one of those situations, Lord God. And just bless us. We're here to bless you tonight. And we thank you for this chance to be here in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord another praise. is above all names Amen. and he is the king almighty and we're here to praise him tonight and we've been doing that we're going to keep doing that y'all can be seated brothers come on forward i'm going to read a scripture tonight is missions offering and we're we're told to do this none of us are going overseas none of us are are going yet god may send jesse i don't know uh, i'm i'm called for right here but we're we're commissioned in the Bible to do this, to to reach out all over the all over the world, Amen. spread the word. So I'm gonna read those scriptures. It's it's known as the Great Commission. It's in Mark chapter 16, starting at verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And they shall drink deadly things. And it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Right there in verse 15 he said, 
He said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't just say go to Ravia, go to Tish, go to Milburn, go to Mill Creek. He said go all over the world and preach this word. Amen. And God knew that people all over the world needed his salvation. Amen. God knew that not just not just us, not just America didn't even exist at this time, but whatever nations did exist, they all needed. Everybody out there needed needs God. So it's up to us to spread the gospel, to spread the word. And this is the way we can help. Because like I said, we're not all we're not all called into the missionary work, but Jesus said we are. Amen. You know, we, we may not be out in the missionary field, but we've been missionized by God Almighty. Amen. He said, Go. Yes. And we may not be able to go to Israel, but we can go to anywhere in Johnson County. Amen. We can go to Tish, we can go to Ardmore, we can go to Medill. So we can go somewhere. We can go somewhere outside of our home and spread the gospel. Amen. Somebody needs to hear it. And and if you don't think there's people out there that need the gospel, open your eyes, look around. Lots of people in this world need the gospel. So I thank God that we're a part of something that started thousands of years ago. Amen. And it's still well, going. That's Jesus. called the kingdom of God. We're a part of something that's way bigger than we are. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. So I'll quit talking. I'll let Brother Jimmy pray over this message, and we'll take this. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Or over the Heavenly Oscar. Father, Lord, we just ask you, Lord, dear God, just to bless those, Lord, dear God, that are, are way away from here, Lord, and all over the world, Lord preaching and teaching your word, Lord, dear God, and praying, and Lord, uh, and get people saved and healed and lifted up, Lord, dear God. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, dear God, just to reach out and touch them, Lord, dear God, and meet every need, Lord, spiritual, physical, financial. Go before them a part of the way, God. Keep your hand upon them and keep them safe, Lord, dear God, and bless them in a mighty way, Lord, dear God. And Lord, with this offering tonight, Lord, as small as it might be, Lord, we ask you to bless it and multiply it, Lord. Yes. Lord, to something, Lord, dear God, that they can, Lord, that it would meet the needs, Lord, dear God. In Jesus' name, Lord, Jesus we pray. Name. Amen. 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 good that you're here tonight. I suspect probably about 95% of you are tired. The other 5% with the small children that got a nap before they came. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's the, the life that we live. You know, it's uh, sometimes we have to do things. We do things uh, not because we feel like we we, uh, we want to, but we do them because we know in our heart that we, we need to be there and that there's more to this life than just, than just feeling good and, and, and feeding this thing. There's something inside of us that come needs on, to be fed. Amen. Amen. And so that's why we come. We come so we can fellowship and we can feed the spirit inside each one of us. We want to dismiss the kids tonight. Y'all have a good time. In your class. Good <laughs> bless this church.
Well, therein lies the thing I was going to say, and and so I I I, I want to say it because it's evident. We've been extremely blessed to have these youth here and these children here and families that have taken these youth in, and there there are churches that would absolutely just do whatever it would take to get youth that we've got here in this small little Amen. church. Amen. Hallelujah. Very thankful for that. Very thankful. You can be turning to Ephesians tonight. Go ahead and mark Ephesians and 2 Corinthians, and we'll, we're going to hit both places. day and it was just a thought it's kind of a thought provoking thing you know and I'm pondering it and I'm wondering if I had a uh, well, let, me, let me refer it like this if you had a little time machine that you could get in tonight just think about it you could get in this time machine and you could go to any phase of your life and change anything that you wanted what would it be it's not the kind of time machine that you can go back through history like as world history. I'm talking about a time machine that's strictly confined to your life. You see, just by bringing that up, your mind sparks and you start backtracking. You start looking at all of the, the phases and the seasons of your life. And, and it is, it's a, it's a thought that really rolls around inside of you where you really think deep about where would I take this time machine? Where would I go? What would I change? How many things would I, I flip, maybe to avert certain things, maybe to get away from certain things? <clears throat> I've listened to, as well as some of you have too, and, I, and I'm not singling myself out, I've listened to a lot of different people in, in maybe interviews after they have passed. And it's interesting to me that there's, there's uh, some common commonalities between some of the things that I, I hear each one of them say. And a lot of them talk about, when asked, if you could go back and change anything, what would you change? What would you change? If you go back in your life and do anything that you want to change, what would you change? What's interesting from the ones that I have heard, the majority of the people that I have heard simply say they would not do as much of one thing and do more of another which what that is, is, is a reallocation of time. They reallocate. I've heard that more often from people that, that were, that as they look back over their life and were thinking about what they would change, they, they looked at all the mistakes and they looked at all the things and realized that, you know what, a, a lot of the times, you know, we realize the reality and the, the depravity of life and you know what, we make mistakes. You know, I asked myself the question, would I go back would I really go back and change some of those mistakes that were made? I don't know. Because it's because of those things that humbled me and broke me and put me in a place where I had to come crawling to God. Anybody with me? Amen. Without that, without it, without this situation, without making those mistakes, where would I be? Where would you be? Would we, be in it, would we have been as motivated to find God? Would we be in as motivated to try to touch the hem of his garment? I don't know. I don't know what your life looks like. But I look back over my life and I think about time. 
in a reallocation of it. Not spending as much time doing certain things and spending more time on the things that actually mean something, that actually have value. And it's weird how that changes because you think about the phase and the season of your life that you're in right now, you think back when you were younger and the way that you view time is different. You know, you always think, you know, kids always think, don't kids have like an overall view of like, we're, we're invincible, we're bulletproof, and, and this thing's gonna go on forever, right? I mean, and at one time we all kind of thought that way. But as you get older, you start to, your perspective changes. You start to look at life a little bit differently. You have a different concept of time and, and what you should be doing with your time. And it changes and changes and changes all the way to this point where then you look back at the end of your life and you look back and you say, you know what? There are some things that I wish I would have spent more time in. Billy Graham, of all people, and I've said this in here before, Billy Graham, of all people, when asked what he would have done, he said, I'd have spent more time in the Word. Billy Graham. There's no telling how much time this guy actually spent in the Word, but evidently he felt as though he neglected it. I thought, what are the most powerful things to say, but so simple. He said, I would have stopped doing a lot of the things that I had been doing and I would have focused more on fellowship with God through his word. And I just thought, man, that's, that crushes me. That's, I think that's amazing. I mean, he's looking back over his life and, and, and not only, not just any ordinary life, a life decorated uh, with, with large gatherings and sal salvations that, that had been a one to Christ through this man's ministry and he's saying, I didn't spend enough time reading. Well, where am I at? <laughs> and if I'm measuring apples for apples, I'm in trouble here. So you look back, you take, you got your, you've got your time machine. You can go back and you can, you can change anything you want because here's the thing. And then God has been really dealing with me about this, and I'm, I'm going to get to the point here in a minute. Is that we've got only 24 hours in a day, and that's it. We've got so much time, and that's all there is. And one of the things that I, I struggle with, I grapple with this, and I'm talking about I grapple with this stuff daily, is how do I spend more time with you, God? How do I spend more time with you when I feel like I have no more time left to spend? I feel as though that that is probably the, one of the most problematic things among Christians right now is I want to spend more time with God, but I am so maxed out that there is nothing left to give. I almost feel as though, and I'm just being honest tonight, I almost feel as though my prayer times at night, morning is better for me. My prayer time is not, at night is not so much a consecration as much as it is coming in, sliding and skidding and smoking from the day. Anyone agree with that? I'm, I'm coming in to pray and I'm trying, but my eyes are already battering down before I can even get to the prayer closet. I'm already exhausted before I'm even getting to that point, which I feel as though when I do that, I'm cheating him. On a very personal level, I feel as though I'm cheating him. He asked me, you know, you think about tithing, and you don't have to measure it this way, but sometimes I think about it, you know, he had called for uh, the first fruits, you know, and so, I, you know, I, I tithe and, and I give him the, the, the top end, uh, the best of, of what I have, 
but yet I always seem to give him the worst of what I have when it comes to my time. I struggle with that. I'm being honest. This, this, stuff, this stuff is challenging. And I don't believe I'm the only one that deals with this. I don't believe I'm the only one that, that comes to this conclusion that, God, I want to spend more time with you. But I've got this going on. I've got that going on. I've got all these things going on. So we have the word tonight. I want to find out what the word says about this. And we're going to dig in. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15. Says, see then that you walk circumspectly, which means carefully. See that you walk carefully. Now, the, the walk that is talked about here is a reference to life. That's the kind of walk we're talking about. It, it's, it's talking about the way that you walk through your life. Be careful about the way that you walk through your life, not as fools, but as wise. And and already, as the as you lay that as the scripture lays this out, I automatically say, well, I don't want to be the fool, right? I mean, that's the first thing that you probably side with. I don't want to be the fool. I want to be this one that's wise. But we have to define what that is. What does wise look like? Well, it says this. Sixteen says, redeeming the time. How many of you have heard the scripture before? Many times. Every time I hear it, I'm always convicted. <laughs> there's, there's never been a time I've heard this message before or even heard these scriptures and not felt conviction on my heart. There's never been a time I've heard this message and I thought, you know what? Yeah, I got that mastered. Oh, good. I'm, I'm past that. I passed that a long time ago. Thank God I don't have to mess with that no more. No, every time I hear a message about redeeming the time, I feel conviction. Every time. And so... The word redeem or redeeming here literally is connected to as a ransom. So who redeemed you from sin and death? Jesus. Jesus. He was the ransom, right? He's the ransom. Something that's interesting about this word, though, that if you look at it in the Greek, that redeeming also means to improve opportunity. That's what that means. To improve Opportunity. So if you redeem something, you take it back. So there's two halves to this. So the first thing is, is that to redeem something is to grab it. Literally, you got to take it back from it. You could literally, physically have to take it back from something that has taken it or you have given it to. Have you ever got, have you ever got wrapped up into something or maybe an event or something you committed yourself to and found that it took entirely too much of your time? And you, you thought, I was only supposed to spend X amount of time doing this. It ended up costing me way more time than I had ever imagined. <clears throat> Somehow, they wrangled me in years back to being on the city council in Ravia. I was on the city council for three years. And, they had, and, and the, the sell of the position was, all you got to do is be at a meeting once a month. That's what they told me. That's how they sold me on it. I'm really, I guess I, I thought I was smart when it came to those things, but they sold me hook, line, and sinker. They said, all you got to do is show up once a month. Just show up and sit in the meeting, listen to what has to be said, vote, and you're good. No, actually, one night ended up turning into two, three nights, emergency meetings, and before I knew it, my time was totally consumed with city business. Just consumed. Studying things, going to people's houses, 
trying to figure out whose property was whose. And I said, you know, at the end of three years of my tenure, when I got out, I was so excited because it was sucking up so much of my time. I didn't want to be in that no more. That had to, that had to go in order for me to be able to function. And so I had to look at it and think about everything else that was going on in my life. And I realized that to have that in there, to continue with it, is misplaced. I said, it's not doing me any benefit anymore. It's like I'm grinding, right? Now everybody around me, everybody, said, no, 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 don't go, don't go. You need to stay. You're good at this. Maybe one day you can be mayor. They make it sound like it's a good thing. No, no, don't do that. No, we really need you. And so there's this temptation, right? Because of affirmation that maybe I should stay engaged. Sometimes we need to reevaluate what we're involved in because our time has literally been stolen away from us and it's all for the wrong reasons. We're not doing it for us. There's no advantage to us whatsoever. There's, no, there's, there's nothing good coming other than the grind and we're just doing it to go through the motions, not realizing that our time has been completely taken away from us. Sometimes, because our life is so fast-paced, we don't even really think twice about any of it. We just kind of go through the motions, right? You get up in the morning, you follow the same process. You don't think about redeeming the time. That's not really the, the, the question that comes to mind is, the question that comes to your mind is, is can I finish everything that I've got planned in the amount of time before I either pass out from exhaustion or I'm forced to stop? Come on. You notice I kind of I kind of strung that out there because that is literally uh-huh. the idea and the pace. Misty, she can tell you that I've I'm, I've been the world's worst at that lately. I've gotten a lot better about it. We just disappear for hours. Where have you been? I'm working. Can can you wait? No, I've got to get these things done. How many of you have said that lately? I got to get these things done. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying that you don't have it. I'm not saying that you don't have something that has to get done. But here's the thing about redeeming. This is, a, this is the thing about buying back. Is that even in the midst of the situation that you're in, when you actually redeem something, believe me, when you redeem the time, something will have to die. Something will have to die in order to get your time back. Uh, amen. If you think like me, you think that redeeming looks like this. I'm just going to finish this, and once I finish, then I'll be done. It'll be out of my way. But tell me something. Does something always take its place? Right. Then we haven't authentically redeemed our time. Redeem, literally. Redeem redeem is going in and grabbing it. Grabbing it and taking it back. Nope. Not going to do that no more. I'm not going to do that. We're not letting anything take this time slot anymore. That's redeeming. To constantly leave that time slot up for grabs and to say I'm going to I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to get past it and then once I get past it then I won't have to worry about it no more and then something else jumps up and you're like well I was doing it this long so I'm going to go ahead and keep doing it again before you know it your 12 and 14 hour days have strung you out you're exhausted and where do we begin to have a relationship with him when when do we do that do we do that when it's when we're finished with everything? Do we do, we do that when, uh, this was my thing when I was younger. Do we do it when we finally make it? 
There's no such thing as making it. Come on. I wish I could tell that to the young people. There is no such thing as making it. No one ever makes it. You constantly are going, 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 going. And so you've got to ask yourself this question tonight is, am I allowing my time to be dictated by everything that is going on in my life or do I dictate what happens with my time? You may think that you're in control, but you may not be. You may not be in your control. So if we're not in control of our time, then we have to be redeemers of the time. Why do you think it's in the Word of God? Why do you think he thought it important to tell us, hey, I want to tell you something about your life. You need to, you need to walk wise. Don't be foolish with your life. Make sure you spend your time wisely. Why would he need to tell you that? Because he knew you were going to fall into this. He knew I was going to do what I do. He knew you were going to do what you do. He knew that life gets hectic sometimes. He knows that we get a lot on our plate sometimes. He knows that we get everything jumbled up and we're trying to balance it. We're trying to juggle it all. He knows that. He gets it. He said, hey, I just want to tell you something. I need you to redeem that time. And then the second half to this is the improvement of opportunity. If I redeem my time properly, I have an opportunity. What is an opportunity? If you have an opportunity, what do you have? A chance. A chance. That's it. You got a chance. And so I say, well, Lord, I've been wanting to get closer to you. I want to get nearer to you. Then he tells me, redeem the time. And then I look and he says, there's an improved opportunity. There's a really good chance you're going to get closer to me if you spend more time with me. <laughs> there's a really good chance that we're going to get closer. And I always think it's, it's, it's funny how quick we forget. Think about the times that you were on fire for God. Think about it. Think about the seasons of your life when you were on fire for him. I wished that we had a history ledger that would be thrown in front of us to remind us at times about where we were at and how we got there. Remember the hours that we spent dedicated and devoted to reading and praying and how it felt, how liberated we felt, how free we felt, how, how free we were, and how easier life was to walk through. We so quickly forget the time and dedication that goes into a life with Christ. So often, so quickly, we forget the price that has to be paid for that. And then instead of God leading us, we lead him. Hey, I got a lot of things going on today. Come here. I need you. Get me through this day. Now, I'm not knocking your prayers, but think about that prayer. Just think about that one prayer. God, I got a really large day ahead of me. Come with me and get me through my day. Now, if I do that every single day of every single month of every single year, you tell me when God gets to lead. When? When does he ever get to lead? When does he ever get to lead you in the spirit? When does he get to unction you and me? When does he get to tell us what to do? Never. Because we're always telling him what to do. We're always telling him, I need you to come and, and help me with this, and I need you to come and help me with that, and I need you to do all these things for me. And God, if you could, if you could squeeze that in to a 24-hour date, that'd be fantastic. And by the way, when I go to sleep tonight, would you please bless that too? Because I'm not going to get a whole lot, and I really need some energy for tomorrow because my day looks just as packed as the day before. I'm not saying that you can't be busy. I understand that. I'm saying that I believe that in the, the season that we're in, that God is challenging us that, hey, 
Some things are going to need to die if you want to be close to me. If you want to get close to me like you're, you're, you've been talking about, if you want to spend some time with me, if you want to have fellowship with me, then there's going to be some things that have to die. You're going to have to take some things and put them aside if you want a better opportunity than, they, than the opportunity that you have now. Think about that, church. Okay, so he said redeeming the time, so we know that it's an improved opportunity. And he said because the days are evil. It doesn't take anybody, uh, it doesn't take rocket scientists, it doesn't take any scientist for that matter, it doesn't even take a doctor to tell you that the days are evil. We're in up to uh, our necks in evil days. So is there a better, can you think of a, a better time to redeem the time? I can't. It's now. It's right now. Something else that came to me an aspect of, of time that I hadn't really thought of a lot. You know, the, the Bible calls us to be, uh, to step out and, and, and to be separate, right? You're to be, be peculiar. One of the things that got me was to say, you know what, I, I look like everybody else. Running around, trying to keep up, trying to, to juggle my life. I look just like everyone else. I got time to witness to you. I ain't got time to talk to you. I'm too busy. And I and I and I always as always have put myself in that category, in that box that said, Oh yeah, I am separate. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But yet so often I look just like everyone else. Running, unorganized, stressed out, frustrated. Bible says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Catch yourself. You tell me what you talk about in the day. You tell me how many times you talk to somebody about how, how stressed and how unorganized your day is and how you're just trying to keep, make ends meet and how you're trying to keep it together out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Every time you engage in conversation, it just comes pouring out. i do anything if I could just get rid of some of these responsibilities. If I could just get my, my life lined up. Oh, I love God, though. Think about it. Think about it. We, we are leading God. We are leading him. We are asking him, you come with me. You come with me in my day. We're not asking him to lead us. We're not asking him to organize our day. We're not asking him, do I need to spend more time with you? And if we are asking that question, are we willing to let certain things die in our life in order to spend that proper time with him? That hurt when that came to me. It actually began with a conversation that I had with Sean. Sean is, you know, he goes to work, I don't know what time, I think he gets to work at like five in the morning. He's praying at 3.30, something like that. And it's, it's, it's almost, he said, it's just almost impossible. It's so hard to do. And I said, well, you know, brother, maybe sleep's overrated. <laughs> you know, it's just fun. And I got to really thinking about that. And I remember it's some of the most hottest times in my life. Hottest. I'm talking about in the Lord, in the Spirit. The Spirit would do the same thing to me. Say, I want you to get up earlier and come and spend some time with me. I said, I can't be doing that. I ain't going to get no sleep. He said, come on, come on. Come spend some time with me. You could feel this, this uh, urgency 
and you could feel him just wanting to spend time with me. You could feel it. And, and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like this methodical formulistic kind of thing. It wasn't like, you know, you need to pray and you need to pray more. It was I just want to spend some time with you. Come on and spend some time with me. Come and talk to me. Come and come and tell me what's going on in your life. Talk to me. Too often we're formulistic. We we get down and we've we've crushed those prayers into a box, and we can say them, and we know how long it takes to say them. We've got it down to about seven or eight minutes before I start getting drowsy. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just telling you, there's got to be more people out there than just me. There's got to be. And we formulate those prayers and we put them in that box, and it's not really fellowship. And then I ask myself the question. Do I even fellowship with him anymore? Am I really fellowshipping with him? I'm talking about friends. Remember, he doesn't call you servant no more. What does he call you? He called you friend. Now, do we treat him like a friend? I don't know. I'm challenged. I'm disturbed in my spirit. And I'm asking, I'm asking him to guide me and to lead me. And then he asked me, Will you shave a little bit of time off of your sleep? Would you be willing to sacrifice your sleep? Remember, if you're going to redeem the time, something has to die. Something will have to give somewhere. The question oh, yeah. is, is, are we willing to give it up? Are we willing to give that up? All right, so, so verse 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, he goes on to talk about not being drunk with wine, and, but also to be filled with the Spirit, speaking in, uh, uh, to yourselves in psalms and hymns. He goes on to talk about a lot of things, but I want to stop right there, and we're going to go to a different set of scriptures, because this was challenging enough. You can just give me 15, 16, and 17, and it's going to take me a couple of days just to digest that. I don't need anything else on the plate. It's like, hold on just a second. I'm full. Wait a second. And so... When he says, wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Think about the context of the scriptures and the way they're put together. Think about that. Think about the way that it's laid out. Think about the way that he talks about walking properly. Not as a fool, but with wisdom, right? The flow then goes into taking your time back because of evil days. And then reminding you in 17... Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you think that understanding the will of the Lord is probably connected to redeeming your time? Probably so. Amen. Probably so. Well, you just go backtrack. Did you ever get a great revelation passively? I'm not spending time with the Lord, doing whatever you wanted to do, not reading your word. Up. Oh, you got a great drop in. Mm -mm. Nope, you were spending time with him, weren't you? There you, you? there you go. You were fellowshipping with him. And what did he do? He was pouring into you as promised. Because that's what he does with those that have redeemed the time. He pours into them. He gives to them. He gives them understanding about what his will is and the direction that he has for their life. The greatest revelations I ever got were when I spent time with him. And the most heart-wrenching things... It's hard for me to go over this because I still feel those emotions. I remember when it happened. Some of the, the, the most heart 
heart-wrenching things and heart-pulling things is when he would come to me and he didn't, he didn't come to me and ask me to do anything. His presence was simply there because he liked being there. I like talking to you. He likes talking to you. He likes spending time with you. Just like you spend time with a family member. You sit down, you want to talk to him. My dad, yeah, he was texting me the other day asking me when we when we're gonna get together or when we get you know, you're 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 really busy now. You're really busy. Of course, in my own keen way, I send him the song Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> As a response to him spinning that I say, like, Yeah, tables have turned a little bit, haven't they? It was a joke, it was funny, but I thought about that. I thought that's that's the cycle. That's the cycle. We go from, you know, young and then we grow up and we get back in we get in the, the hustle and the flow and as you get older you want to slow down hold on a second life's not what i thought it was i wish i could take a time machine and go back and allocate my time differently i wish i had spent more time with my kids i wish i would have done this i wish i would have done that and so you have a different perspective okay let's jump to second corinthians I'm watching the time, and I'm, and I'm going to get everybody out of here at a good time. I've been extremely guilty of, of really pushing the line, and even though I'm talking about time, that doesn't necessarily give me a license to keep you here for three hours, okay? So I understand my limits. <laughs> Second Corinthians uh, chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 13. Now, I'm going to read just a bit here. or We'll make a couple points, but I'm going to read and I'm going to get to a particular part of this scripture base, and then we'll talk about it. We, having the same spirit, verse 13, of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man we perish. Now, verse 16 is a familiar scripture, and I want to I want to kind of hone in on that because we're going to get to the main uh, body of this here in just a second. Now, think about what he says here. For which cause, the cause of Christ, is what he's talking about. We faint not. But through our outward man, we perish. Meaning, the outward man is constantly in a state of decay, right? Constantly. It's undeniable the state of decay that this is in. Now, I want to point something out to you here, and I'll show it to you here in just a minute. The reason that your that the, the, the temple man or the, the body is in a constant state of decay is because it is attached to time. It's inevitable. You were born into it. And in the context of time, everything has to decay. That is the rule. That is a rule of law. That's the way that it is. Everything that is in the context of time has to decay. That is why God exists outside of time. The God that you talk to and the God that you speak with is a God that lives outside of time. He's not bound by those things. So you've got to understand that. And now I think that comes along with also helping us redeem the time is that 
you're talking to a God that lives outside of time. He fully understands the time frame because he created it. Uh -huh. But you are talking to a God who exists outside of time. And so putting this in the right context, uh, it means everything. Because he's talking about, you know, the cause of Christ. We faint not, our man's perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, how is that possible? How is it possible that the outward man decays? Okay, we know he's attached to time, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Because the inward man, if you know Christ, has already become eternal. Right? The, the, the inward man that exists inside of you, if you know Christ as your Savior, it has already become eternal. Therefore, it is renewed day by day. You're, 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 you're using this, keep in mind, you're using this to make the communication to God. Okay? This is what we use to make the, the, the communication. Now, yes, I've got a mouth and I've got a mind and I've got all those things, but it's the heart that he deals with. It's this internalization that we make communication with. And so often, often that's how we, we treat it. We'll, we'll take God and we take a God that exists outside of time and we try to bring him into our time frame. And we want a relationship with an eternal God, but we want it in our time frame. Amen. Think about it. And that goes back to what I was saying before. This is what we try to do with him. We try to take our prayers and we try to put them into a box and treat God as though he is or can be formulated. That we can actually have a relationship with a living God that exists out of time and, and, and take him and, and give him five minutes or ten minutes or, or whatever it is that, that, that you would look at your life and you would say, okay, that's not good enough. Whatever that time frame is, that we could somehow take that and make a good relationship with God with it. it. It can't happen. Even if you look at the spiritual rules and the rules of time, so to speak, it doesn't make sense either. We can't do it. We actually have, it's, it's about uh, sacrifice. Are you a, uh, let's get this way, have you presented your body as a living sacrifice to Christ? This is what we do, is it's our good duty to do that. We present our bodies holy to God, right? Living sacrifice for his use. Well, if you do that, you've taken yourself out of the time frame. You're like, hey, my time is your time. Whatever you got for me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of dangerous. And I've said this to myself. I've said this many times. I said something's out of balance here. You gave this to me. Now, that's what we all say. And I'm not saying maybe you haven't said that. But often I hear that, and I say the same thing. But you gave this to me to be responsible for. Therefore, in order for me to be responsible for this, I've got to spend a lot of time doing it. It takes up a lot of my time, and then I'm too busy to do anything else. Something seems out of balance here, though. Did God give me something? Did he give me a responsibility and put it in my life? That would take me away from him? Mm -mm. No. And if it has consumed us so much, then what has happened is, is that we've come out of balance with where that thing actually belongs in our life. We're out of balance. We're out of balance. Okay. Reading on. The inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light affliction which is but for a moment works for us a far more exceeding and eternal 
weight of glory. There's that talk there of the, the things that are going on, the light affliction, and the, the things that we go through and that we endure, because there's something else that's going on that's far of greater worth than you and I could ever imagine. In verse 18, it's the verse I wanted to make it to, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, why? Why would we need to focus on the things that are not seen? Well, it answers itself when it says, for the things which are seen are temporary or temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Think about what it's saying here. It's separating time frame. It's separating it. He's saying the things that are going on within the context of time do not hold value like the things of the eternal do. He's not saying that they're worthless because we are here and we're living life and we're doing things. Yes, it has worth. Absolutely. But so often it gets out of balance. And we allow the things that, that don't really have that much value to be put in the place of the things that have eternal value. So we find ourselves not praying as much and we find ourselves not spending as much time in God's word because we've gotten out of balance with what is with what is worth the most in our life. And it's it's easy for me to stand up here and tell you and say, yeah, I mean, God is my everything and I love the word and, and, I, and I love to read his word and, and I love Jesus and I love to spend time with him. But if my actions don't show it, then I have to call into question my own motives. Come on, amen. And that hurts me to do that. I don't want to go in and examine that. That, that breaks me. You're telling me that, that I may not love you as much as I say that I do because I'm not willing to put down the things of this world and actually spend some time with you and have a conversation with you? The answer is yes. And that hurts me. Because I might have had this idea of God. There might be this perception of what a close relationship with him looks like. And it might involve church. And it might involve having a Bible on my nightstand. And it might involve thinking about God things. But do I really spend time with him and have a relationship with him? Come on. That's a challenge to the core of every one of us. It's a challenge to the core. Amen. I asked a question here. I don't know if it was last week. I don't remember when it was. And I'll just repeat it for the, for the sake of this lesson because I think it goes together. And uh, it, was, uh, it was Francis Chan who said if, if they told you that you could go to heaven and you could have the grand reunion day and you could live you know, in this, this great place, it was, you would be eternally safe and there would be no more death, no more sickness. But if Jesus wasn't there, would you be okay with it? You know, I haven't forgot that yet. It still bothers me thinking about it. If Jesus wasn't there, would you be okay with it? Would you be okay with being in heaven without Jesus? I was like, I've never thought about that before. I've never asked myself that question because we it's synonymous, right? Heaven and Jesus are synonymous. Yes, of course. But it's thought-provoking. And it really tries the heart. Would I be okay with being in heaven without Jesus? And if I am, I may just like what he is going to give me and not really him. That just tries me to the very core of who I am. 
that makes me re-examine my relationship and what I call a relationship. And it really makes me re-examine my time. And it makes me wonder about what's going to have to die in order to get this thing to where it needs to be with him. Where do I, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to, to pass off? What do I need to sacrifice in order to make sure that my relationship is healthy with him? What do I got to do? Now, there's no implication in this message at all. I'm not implying that anybody in here is, is spending less time with him. I'm not, I'm, I don't take it offensively. But I'm challenging you to examine your life. I'm challenging you. I don't know what I don't know what you got going on in your life. I don't know how you spend your time. I don't know. I am coming at the angle that I cannot be the only one dealing with these type of things. I cannot be the only one that looks at their life and says, "How can I fit one more minute into this?" And I can't be the only one that feels as though when I sit down on my couch of a morning and I look at the clock and I say, you got 30 minutes. Come on. I've put him in a box. And it's, it's almost like, you know, if you go to your family member's house, how does it make you feel? How would it make you feel if they sent you down, you come over to see your, your family and they said, you got 30 minutes, go ahead. <laughs> how would that make you feel? It would make you feel insignificant. Well, um, uh, well, how have you been doing? I've been doing really good. Come, come on, keep going. I almost feel like I treat God that way. It's like, come on, come on. Give me something good. Give me something really, really good in this short amount of time that I got. Now, he's a merciful God, and sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he gives you revelation driving down the road. Sometimes he does. But it's got to come from a core. There's got to be a solid core somewhere in our lives that hold us down. Not be solid. Something that, that, that keeps us on the rock, right? Amen. When we stand on the rock, we know where we're standing. There is all kinds of crazy stuff happening now. And, and even our lives are even busier now than ever. But I, I challenge you to examine your life tonight. And that I think a lot of our busyness is caused by us. And I think we're guilty. I think we're, 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 we're guilty of causing our own problems. It's us. And even though we could say, well, God, you gave me this, and you gave me this, and you put all this in my grasp, and I'm just trying to be responsible for it all. It's like, yeah, but you don't even know me anymore. You know, we used to know each other, and that's, that's why I gave you all this, because you, you remember you asked for it. When you were hot and you were fervent, and we were fellowshipping, and I said, I'd give you anything. Sure, if that's what you want, I'll give it to you. And then he gave it to us, and it took us away from me. Now, how is that repayment? For everything that he gave. I'm, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty of not maintaining that effectual fervor prayer life with him. I'm guilty of that. But I want it back. No, no, uh, no uh, uh, pre uh, preconception about what I could get or what he can give me. Or any of that stuff. No blessings. No. I don't want anything. I just want to talk to you. I just want to have a relationship with you. I just want to get to know you again. I just want to hear you talk to me.
and bring peace into my heart. I don't want anything else. Just you. No requests. No petitions. I just want to spend some time with you. Come on. Would you stand tonight? Father, God, we're honest tonight. And Lord, literally, literally in our spirit, Father God, we are, we are open and we are naked before you. You know our hearts. You know our time frames. You know what our life is full of. I know you understand. I know you understand the, the, the lifestyle that we live. But Father, it's no excuse. It's no excuse, Father, not to spend time with you. And not to devote time with you. God, I pray tonight, God, for every individual in here. And I pray, myself included, Father, show us the way back to the place that we need to be with you. A place of effectual, fervent prayer. Amen. God, I pray, God, if there be if there be those in here, God, that are that are in fervent prayer and are spending time with you. Father, I pray that you increase it. God, I pray that you increase it the more. But Father, tonight I pray that you give us the courage to let go of the things that distract us, God. From spending time with you father i pray god that you begin to open the door as we begin to make the sacrifice god god i pray that you begin to open that door of that relationship again that we can get back to having a relationship with you father and not just a just an idea of who you are that we can feel you move and feel your intent and your desires and what you want from us god i pray tonight father for each and every individual in here father god i pray that you put that on our hearts that you challenge us, God, to step out from the place that we're at and begin to take on this challenge of redeeming our time. That we begin to look at our lives differently. And maybe we don't profit as much. Maybe we won't do as well financially. Maybe things won't be like they, they were before. But God, I pray tonight, God, that whatever it take, help us to implement it in our lives. I want to thank you tonight, Father. I want to thank you, God, for your word. It's true. Father, whether we want to believe it or not, it's absolutely true. Thank you for truth, God, the truth that sets us free. Thank you for these people in here tonight. I pray that anointing in Rock Harbor Church. Father, I pray that Rock Harbor Church figure out how to redeem the time. Thank you for this tonight, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Before we before we dismiss tonight, if you've got a if you've got something you're dealing with tonight, we're gonna pray like this tonight. I want you just if you got something you you know you're dealing with it, you got it in there, you just raise your hand. You got something you need prayer for, you just raise your hand. Amen. All right, this Father God, thank you, God, for these hands raised. Thank you, Father God, for these hands raised. You see these hands raised, Father God. This signifies some of these hands signify pain. Some of these hands signify a need for healing. Some of these hands signify dis distraught and depression, Father God. Some of these hands represent a lot of different things. Father God, tonight, you are the need meter. Father God, we've gathered tonight, God, and we've, we've hewed out this time to seek your face, Lord. And I pray tonight, God, as you see every hand that is raised, Father, that you meet the need. Father God, that you meet the need where it's at, Lord God. Whether No matter how low it is, no matter how dirty or nasty it is, Father God, that you meet that need. And Father, I pray, God, to each and every person in here, and thank you for this tonight. Thank you for this inspiration. God, I pray a spirit of peace 
into every individual in this place a spirit of peace, of calmness. Father God, I pray that right now. I speak that forth. God, that we receive that in your name. Thank you for our time tonight, Lord God. Let it not be the last time that we talk to you, Lord God, but let us come back soon into your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you tonight. You're dismissed. Thank you, Jesus.